This is the Tag to F podcast, show number eight. Hi, and welcome to the Tag to F podcast. This is a platform to share, learn, teach, and inspire. Join us as we think big, play to win, while finding balance and expanding possibilities. Thank you for joining us. Here are your hosts, Nikki, Lizzie, and Gina. That's how you know it's a good book, because you have a coffee stain on the cover. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of looks like a curved penis. Oh. Kind of. Or the letter C. That's a really steep curve. We're recording. Cool. <laughs> so we're back with The Four Agreements. Yay! The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Do we have any background on him other than I did a little bit of, um, oh, I don't know. I did a little bit of just like research on the internet and I found a lot of people trying to appropriate his principles, which I think is fine because it sounds like something where we want to just spread the word. Yeah. The Four Agreements. I think that this title is going to be something that a lot of people have heard of. Uh-huh. Um, that's been my experience anyway. What I find very, very interesting is it's a title that a lot of people have heard of and either own the book. Right. And perhaps not even read it yet. Sitting on a shelf. Oh my gosh, so many people. They're like, oh my gosh, I have that book. Right. But I haven't even read it yet. And I'm like, well, the time to read it is now. Let's do this. Like yeah. maybe it's been sitting there till the right moment. Mm-hmm. I've had this book for a long, long time. I'm one of those people. Never read it. I saved the book in my Audible library as in wanting. And then we just kind of, we just went for it. Mm-hmm. We have a couple things to talk about. So one, it's just Nikki and Gina, Gina today. today. We're missing you, Lizzie. We miss you, Lizzie. <laughs> we'll have you back next time. And then um, the other thing we wanted to talk about is why we chose the four agreements and why we wanted to get into spirituality a little bit at this time and place in our lives. And for you wonderful people. Yeah, I mean, we we want to touch on so many different subjects, but spirituality, I don't know. That one is... It's going to affect every every other aspect of your life if you're connected spiritually. Yep. And spirituality kind of changes throughout your life. I think when you're younger... 100%. You go with what your family indoctrinates or what they don't. True, which is interesting because, uh, well, I don't know if you want to know about my spiritual upbringing, but um, when dealing with my children, like, it's super important to me that they just have as much information as possible. Right. On as many subjects pertaining to spirituality as possible. Yep. And then everybody can make their own informed yeah. choice as whether adults. It's, yeah, whether it's opposing... Uh, of my own personal beliefs or not, because that's how I came to my conclusion. I mean, I wasn't necessarily exposed as much mm-hmm. to different religious practices. Religious, kind of what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, as a child, I explored that more in college. 
on my own time. Right. But I want them to kind of get a little bit of of that a little bit earlier. And the difference between spirituality and religion, I think that you can be non-religious and still be in touch with your spirituality. Um, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> I agree. We're on the same yeah. wavelength here. <laughs> I just feel like I say 100% way too much, so I'm trying to... <laughs> Change it up with yeah. your... <laughs> Some different describing words of yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, I think spirituality, it, it, it can't be... There's nothing bad that's going to come out of being more in touch with who with with what we are and and the fact that we are walking around in these skin suits yeah and we're spirits yeah and we are you know so much bigger and so much greater than we give ourselves credit for because we're walking around in this incredible skin suit and but it, it limits us it right? feels really good i'll just briefly say like for the longest time because i was i was raised baptist and christian and i was baptized and i went to church you know twice a week plus for many, many years. Um, And then fell into a gray area where I wasn't 100% sure what I believed in and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And it wasn't until I got a little bit older, probably in my later 20s, where I started to like identify as a spiritual person. But before that, I remember thinking like, God, even though I'm not religious, I wish I was. Only because... Was it the structure you missed and the knowing? The structure, the faith, which I still struggle with. We can get to that on another episode. Um, But also just, yeah, knowing that they they had something to look to, to help guide them, to bring them peace Mm -hmm. and comfort and ask for, you know, help and guidance and energy or whatever. And so, uh, so other people had that and you had wished that you had some sort of guiding principles correct. in your life, but not Instead necessarily. Instead of the free for all that ensued. No, just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> you figured it out. She. I did. I know. I'm so happy. <laughs> so, and you are so happy. And that's another thing that, um, we're both really happy in our lives right now, hey! which is wonderful. Cheers. Coffee and water. Cheers. <laughs> Happiness and, is great. Um, and it feels so different right now at this time in my life, and I'm ready for it. I'm ready to know what else is there and where we come from and what my real true beliefs are. 40 is fabulous. Oh, is it? Yes. I wouldn't know. Mm, oh. Mm. <laughs> so, um, to the four agreements. Yes. Um, I also, let's just jump in. Yeah. Let's just jump in. So. The Four Agreements is structured very simply. It's a very quick read, especially if you do it on audiobook, as I did. <laughs> yeah. How long is that? Two and a half hours. Wow. And um, the Four Agreements are, number one, be impeccable with your word. So what does that kind of mean? Nikki likes this one. I do like this one. Uh-huh. You kind of got a little bit of this one in, at your seminar. I did. Mm-hmm. At Sai? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That if... Um, you you are your word and if you cannot stand by your word and what you say you're going to do and commit to um you're really shortchanging yourself yep you also can do and inflict a lot of pain on people if you are not very specific and caring and delicate with what you say to them 
Any thoughts, Gina? Sorry. <laughs> Did you get distracted? I got totally distracted. I thought I was looking up a quote about being impeccable, but it was really about something else. Yeah. <laughs> about hell on earth no <laughs> should we talk about that uh yeah get get into that real quick yeah some of some, the way this book was uh was written was very it, intense at times sometimes don miguel ruiz's words were just so to the point and he said things like you're creating hell on earth yeah or, if you don't do this You'll create hell on earth. And there was a lot you, of hell. A I kind of hell, want to go in and kind of count how many times he uses the word hell. Oh my That'd god! There's got to be an app for that. So <laughs> I was, I, I just kind of breezed over some of some of the forgive me some of the Toltec traditions, and um, I read them, but I this was definitely one of those books that I extracted from what I needed to extract from a lot luckily there was a lot of good nuggets to extract nuggets but I just kind of you know gently perused over the hell and heaven and the intense speech mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, the intense way of you know it, it was kind of a metaphor is what he was presenting but he did it so many times that it kind of became a little redundant and less potent. Yeah. And it was like, okay. Okay. Hell on earth. Moving Got right it. along. So being impeccable with your word, especially with children, that your words will affect their view of themselves as they grow. Absolutely. That That's, it's kind of scary. It's scary and it's kind of sad. Yeah. Because of the things you carry with you mm -hmm. for a very long time. Especially things that you don't realize the weight mm -hmm. of how it's being received. Right. Because though it's being received one way, intentions can be completely different. So being aware of being impeccable with your word. Mm -hmm. And just reading the book makes you aware of it. Right. Whether you intentionally even plan on putting it to practice, you just do. So that's pretty much the the first of the four agreements. And uh, these agreements, when he when he mentions the four agreements, he says these are agreements you make as part of your human condition in a way, and that things that you should be doing instead of how we normally react and navigate through the world. So there were some counterclaims that I found on the internet about some of these agreements. And one of them was a counterclaim to being impeccable with your word. And that was that one person said, it is really hard, so don't beat yourself up about it. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, don't feel bad if you can't do it. Don't beat yourself up about it. I don't know. That just seemed like a coward's way out. Don't feel bad about being impeccable with your word or about when somebody's... About being perfect. Right. Yeah. Don't feel bad because it's really hard. Don't beat yourself up about it because it's really hard. And I'm just like, well, yeah, it's hard, but you got to push against that. And I think we'll get into it a little bit later with some of the other agreements. As long as you are doing the best, your best you the best that you can... So I think when you say something like that, it's hard to so don't beat yourself up about it. It's kind of like, 
I don't know. This is lowering a, the expectation. Lowering maybe. The bar. Yeah. Lowering the expectation. And also, um, if you guys know anything about like law of attraction, it's it's like attracting more negative energy to that notion. Yeah. Instead of putting it into more positive terms. Like yeah. do your best. Yeah. Do your best. Work toward yeah. being as clean and appropriate with the things you say yeah. to people so as to protect their feelings and to be able to stand by what you say. Yeah. Yeah. Agreement two. Don't take anything personally. Ooh. Yes. Personal importance changed if you don't, my life. If you don't take anything personally, then the actions other people make aren't going to have the power to hurt you. Yes. So that's pretty much the gist. Well, that is the gist. But honestly, the gist for me is the the part about personal importance or taking things personally. It's the maximum expression of selfishness because oh. we make the assumption that everything is about me. And I remember reading this because I didn't read the book, but somehow I got this. I have these cards, four agreement cards, so it must have been on one of the cards from years and years ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading that. It literally changed my life and the way I look at things. And I've preached it to people in conversations without realizing where I was regurgitating it from. <laughs> Seriously, right. like, you are not as important as you think you are. I mean, I don't mean that in a rude way, but, like, <laughs> the world does not but, revolve around you. And especially other people's worlds are not revolving around you. Correct. So you can't take personally their actions. Exactly. And by doing so, you're putting yourself almost on a pedestal. And it that was just so freeing to me to know that, like, that wasn't the case. Not that I ever thought it was, but to yeah. to hear it in those terms. Mm-hmm. When <coughs> when when I heard the "Don't take anything personally" when I read it or listened to it on Audible, <laughs> I had um, my first thought was paradigms. You can never fully be in the shoes of another person, so you do not know. You know, um, we've talked in the past about the person in the situation is a book that Malcolm Gladwell really liked. It was one of his more influential, a book he read at some point. He said it was very influential. Okay. Because you can never be in the environment. You can never have the time and place experience of another person. So how can you possibly judge the choices they make? I'm sorry, side note that may or may not go over well. I feel that like in the political climate that we're in right now, Mm -hmm. that is of utmost importance to remember. Yeah. Because... People make judgments all the time. They take things personally mm-hmm. all the time. You see friendships ending over it, relationships within families right. suffering because of it. And you you don't know another person, not only their walk of life, but also what's going on inside their bodies and brains. Right. So you can't take it personally. Yeah. And priorities are priorities. People have priorities and you can't, change someone's priority and you can't you shouldn't try to Mm -hmm. because they're all out of the experience of their own life so 
by not taking anything personally if someone, say, someone cancels plans with you. Mm -hmm. If someone cancels plans with you, it's probably not because they're disregarding your feelings. It's because whatever's going on in their paradigm, whatever's going on in their world. Yeah, has has led them to that, to not be able to... Yep. to do that. I, can I read a quote? This is page 57. Yeah. When we really see other people as they are without taking it personally, we can never be hurt by what they say or do. Even if others lie to you, it is okay. They are lying to you because they are afraid. Yeah. And that's humanizing, right? Yeah. Like, instead of taking it personally and getting pissed off, Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been doing this for years and little things like if somebody flips me off when they're driving by me or, you know, something. <laughs> Don't take it personally. Yeah, something stupid <laughs> like that or, you know, honks honks at me or I'm using traffic references. But it's like, oh, man, it could be uh, interaction with a person in the grocery store or just interactions with strangers like they might be having a really bad day. Right. Maybe they just got some really bad news. Maybe their, you know, stomach is hurting or whatever the case may be. That's like, or if somebody's late to an appointment, I always think. They had know, something going on. Oh gosh, I hope everything's all right. Instead rather than. Of they're disregarding my time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And if you get really deep into this, like don't take anything personally. Sometimes it feels like people are doing things intentionally to hurt you. And according to this book, you do not take anything personally. Even and if they are, they cannot hurt you. Right. Even if even if they are, it's yes. it's rooted in themselves and what they're what they're doing to themselves, not yes. to you. Which yeah. I know you've experienced, Gina, and oh, yeah. I've experienced the feeling that someone is just literally pointed ill-meaning feelings towards you and just doing something to really cause pain within you. But if you don't take anything personally, you can always chop it up to, wow, I'm really sorry that this is your reality and this is Word. your life experience and this is how you see things. Yes. So a counterclaim hmm. somebody else on the interwebs mentioned, if you do not take anything personally, you ignore the opportunity for growth. As in, you ignore what may be constructive criticism. Mm -mm. Okay. Sorry. I have a problem with that. What's your problem with it? Well, I just think that just because you don't take it personally doesn't mean you're not aware. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can be completely aware of something and just not let it affect your body and mind. That's a good point because I was thinking about if you have a friend or family member who has a drinking problem and you say... You have a drinking problem and I don't like it. That people should actually be able to take that in and accept the criticism and be able to make adjustments if they choose to do so. Okay, well, it's interesting you bring that up as as your example just because like in AA or not AA, but um, what's the other one? Al-Anon. Al-Anon, you know, that one of the ways that they teach people to handle a situation like that mm -hmm. whether it be family member friend spouse whatever um is to not take it personally and to detach with love is there yeah but that's kind of the same same thing as you can be aware of it 
you can express it you can but you just let it you just let it live in your body differently and not let it affect you personally mm-hmm. and that's how a lot of people in those situations are able to you know continue on in a loving relationship with someone is by not taking it personally wow which is yeah. really hard to do so that counterclaim are we going to say mm, i just don't think it's an effective counterclaim i don't either yeah yeah you ignore the opportunity for growth yeah yeah i think we'll just i think there's on by that yeah i think there's plenty of opportunity for growth so okay Agreement number three. Don't make assumptions. Holy moly. Holy moly. Um, I am very, <laughs> very, very guilty of this innately. It's just who I am. I don't even realize it's happening. I, it, I've been working on this for the last year plus two three, I don't know, a long time because it's something that I'm, uh, I forget that I need to continue to be aware of because it just. That you jump to conclusions or make assumptions? Without even realizing it. It's Mm -hmm. like, I won't, I won't say something or I won't address a situation or I will just think I know how someone will respond. So I don't put it out there. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, to be honest, I, I, it's been a very big problem in relationships for me Mm -hmm. that I have become aware of and I take full responsibility for it. I realize the gravity of it. I have before I read the book, but then reading it was like, oh my God, it's just like smacking me in the face. You know, that seeing it written, that, that bitmoji of the person smacking their own head. I just (laughs) see like a thousand of those. It's like, how many situations did I put myself in? And maybe I'm going to get a little bit emotional because of how huge it is. This is a big one for you. Big. And so, so, okay. So, (sighs) quote, (laughs) quote, let me, let me go to, let me go to the book. Nikki, if you have something, okay, here it is. It is always better to ask questions than to make an assumption because assumptions set us up for suffering. And that's exactly how I lived. Hell on earth. (laughs) (laughs) Hell on earth. The big mitote. We didn't even get into that word. The human mind, in the human mind. Um, I listened to it. I didn't read it, so it didn't stick. Okay. (laughs) I guess I should probably... Tell you guys what that is. Do, do, do. So the assumptions, while you're looking for that, G, some of the assumptions we make, I think it's really funny. Some of the things we just assume, like assuming someone is mad because they don't reply. Mm-hmm. Whether it be or too busy for you. Text or email. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So many thousands on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, and the mitote, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Sounds good to me. The chaos of a thousand different voices all trying to talk at once in the mind. Monkey, Monkey mind. mind. 
<laughs> but but yeah, it creates a lot of chaos, which causes I us to misinterpret that. I just the word. Yeah, causes us to misinterpret and misunderstand everything. <laughs> oh man, Mitote is talking to me. Yep. <laughs> okay, now we have a name for the monkey. The monkey. Oh, that damn Mitote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this is so fun. I love you, Gina. I love you too. <laughs> so, um, one assumptions it kind of just speaks for itself don't make any stop it one of the counterclaims another person mentioned if you do not take anything personal nope sorry wrong one counterclaim for assumptions this may imply that a person ignore intuition and in some spiritual traditions intuition or the inner compass must be acknowledged but by taking everything someone says is exactly what they mean you are leaving yourself open to deception okay I don't know where these counterclaims are coming from, but I completely disagree. The interwebs. Well, the interwebs, (laughs) you know, you can pretty much find anything on there. I'm going to, I'm going to bash both of those uh, ideas because I literally would go against, I would ignore my intuition to follow the assumption. (gasps) That's Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Seriously. And and I I realize the more I follow my in, intuition, the less importance I place on assuming and assumptions. Interesting. Yeah. It's like following your heart versus your mind. Like the assumptions to me come from the brain and the mitote and the monkey mind and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the intuition obviously comes from your heart or your emotions or your feelings or whatever, whatever you guys think it does. But for me, that's what it is. And every time I don't listen to the heart and I go to the head, that's what gets me into trouble. And then by taking everything someone says exactly as what they mean, you are leaving yourself open to deception? Uh-uh. They are leaving themselves open to deception. If they are saying something, if they are not being impeccable with their word and they're telling me something, I have to take it as truth. Why, why would I not? Right. When someone speaks to you and they say X, Y, Z, you have to take it as truth. It not only helps you not take things personally or whatever, but it also teaches or kind of molds the relationships to where you're, you're setting up yourself for a trusting relationship. If they say something to you and it's not what they really think or feel and you take it as truth and you react and respond as such, then that's going to inform that person. They better say what they mean. Hmm. Right. We're not mind readers. Right. We shouldn't have to read between the lines. And coincidentally, that is also a lesson that I've been, you know, working on for the last couple of years. Not only making sure that I say what I mean, but taking people, even when I, even when I feel like it might not actually be the truth that they're speaking, if they're speaking it to me, I have to, oh, I have to assume. Don't make assumptions. Woo! (laughs) That it's truth. I don't know. Did I just... Assume? Did I just like go back on what I... It's kind of a double-edged sword. Tricky, tricky, tricky. But I think it's good. It's good. It's good. um, It's good to have it in your mind that you're not going to make assumptions. You're going to take what someone says for the word and you would hope they'd do the same for you. 
Okay, it goes a little little bit deeper than that for me in in later on in the chapter. Um uh, <laughs> real love, this is a quote, real love is accepting other people the way they are without trying to change them. If we try to change them, this means we don't really like them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's kind of true. That's a bold statement. It is true. I mean, it is bold. It's bold, but if you really think about it, I just think about the heartache that could be avoided. Mm-hmm. If people really didn't take this quote, this bold quote personally, but actually listened to it, believed it, and just live their life accordingly. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But we got to stop trying to change people, right? Oh, yeah. So hard to, like, put yourself in a place where you can admit that you have done that. Mm-hmm. Because I think people don't do it thinking, oh, I'm going to try and change this person. So kind of to go along with don't make assumptions is... Be accepting of the reality of what it is. Mm -hmm. Don't assume someone should change. Right. Don't assume someone wants to change to fit into your idea of what they should be. Mm -hmm. Also, um, finding your voice to ask for what you want instead of just making assumptions about something. That someone should know. Yeah. That someone should know what you mean. Yeah. The, the, yes. Don't assume that other people, yeah. That's Fine. a good one. That thing, that by itself has been the reason I think that I've experienced success in my marriage in my first year is mm. by not saying, well, he should have known that when something comes up that bothers me, whether I should address it right away or not, I don't stew on it. I just, hey, here, here's what I would have liked to have happened. Oh, I'm employing that constantly at work, at work, in friendships, you know, in general, just relationships, familial relationships where if I am curious about something or something poses a question in my mind, instead of assuming I know what the answer is or where they're headed or coming from, I'm asking. Mm-hmm. And I'm also, that's an, ex- for me, that's being extremely vulnerable, <clears throat> you know, because. Because you're admitting that you don't know? Yes. Mm. But it's so freeing. I can't even tell you like how freeing it is. Ask a flipping question. <laughs> get the exact right. answer. Move on. Move on. Instead of holding on to whatever it is I'm holding on to because I think I know, you know, and, yeah. and a lot of times I'm happily surprised that my assumptions can be wrong a good percentage of the time. And... um Another another quote, real quick, the way to keep yourself from making assumptions is to ask questions. The book says it. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm just asking a lot more questions. So if I inundate you with questions, it's because I love you. Oh. I won't assume that's the case, but thank you. Oh, and if I don't ask <laughs> questions, it doesn't mean I don't love you. It just means... I wouldn't assume you didn't love me. <laughs> Okay. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Sorry, we took a, a little bit of time, but that was that was a big one. That for was me. your favorite. Mm-hmm. Well, your favorite. <laughs> you like them all, I know. Oh wait, do you like them all, Gina? I do. 
Was that okay. an assumption I, that you I that I like? Backtracked my okay. assumption. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, number four. Always do your best. What do you think about always doing your best, Gina? You know what I think. Do you know do you what know? I think? <laughs> I think that this is yes. Very surface. You should always do your best. You should give your best. You should be your best. You should show up with your best in mind. Um, period. End of story. I think that especially if it comes to work and love relationships and interpersonal relationships, you should not be holding back. Mm-hmm. With that being said, there are some things that could possibly lead someone to question this well, I think, agreement. I think that part, one of the things that comes to mind would be balance. And especially be, you know, in I'm a mom, I'm a business owner, I'm a whatever else I am. <laughs> There's balance and it's it's something like the pressure of always doing your best, I think maybe could get the best of some people. <laughs> um, simply because doing your best doesn't always mean you're doing everything right perfectly all at the same time right and and the book did say that your best is going to be different from day to day Mm -hmm. your best is your best in that moment Mm -hmm. the best you can muster but we have a lot of you know a service industry for example it you could have the you know basic package the deluxe package or the ultimate package take pedicures for example you could have a half hour pedicure and you could get the hot stone and the mud mm. is the basic. Or you could get the hot stone and the mud and the... Scrub and the massage. Yeah. And then there's the ultimate super duper pedicure. Oh my gosh. They all may take within the same amount of time, but... One of them, someone gave you their best, the best they have to offer. So what what do we think about that? Always do your best. So like I walk into a, a service-based industry and I want the deluxe everything and I don't want to pay more for it. I don't know. Mm. Because that's kind of, you know, if someone's going to do something for you and you're going to pay for it. I don't know. I feel like. It's more about, it's not about receiving the best. It's about a feeling of being, of, of doing it. Of, of showing do, up with your best. Showing up with your best. And like you said before, in the moment, it will be different today than it is tomorrow. There's so many external factors and even biological factors, I think, play a big role into how capable you are of doing or what, what doing your best will look like on a given day Mm -hmm. um also to go to go to this like uh, somebody who well you're kind of in my industry right with the whole pedicure scenario Mm -hmm. so I'll just say like for me this quote doing your best is taking the action because you love it not because you're expecting a reward most people do the exactly the opposite they only take action when they expect a reward and they don't enjoy the action. And that's the reason why they don't do their best. Hmm. Because the intention 
is thwarted with expectation mm-hmm. of receiving a reward. I'm going to do this and I'm going to go above and beyond because I want blah, 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 blah. Mm-mm. Right. Just doing your best because you want to put your best out into the universe. Right. Is what we should be doing. And that's why that's why it fluxes on a day-to-day or even a flipping minute-to-minute, to be honest with you. And it's situational. I just think if you know you're doing your best, that's what matters. If you have that feeling, because there's some days where I feel like crap. And I am not 100%. But, but it's it, your best in that moment. It's my best in that moment. Or I'll get, even give you an example of like, if what if you're not doing your best? I had a situation a couple nights ago where I was <laughs> with some friends and... When I got home, I reflected back on the evening and I was like, mm, probably didn't give my best to that person. Huh. And so I let them know, hey, sorry I was scattered. Yeah. Thanks for putting up with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I will do better next time because I now I'm more aware of, of that. But I don't know. I just think if you're... I don't know if you internally are always feeling like you're putting your best foot forward. That's what that's what this means. It doesn't mean being perfect. It doesn't mean giving a hundred percent. Even what you got, Nikki? Nothing. Um, re- in reflecting on these four agreements, I mean, there's nothing about these four agreements that, honestly, I would disagree with. They are all. Uh, wise choices and a, uh, an outline for how you should present yourself to the world and how you should lead your life and especially how your interpersonal relationship should go. There's nothing about that. It's just interesting to see that people can pick it apart a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, looking on the internet and finding a counterclaim for the four, four, I was gonna say four assumptions, for the four agreements. It's just kind of funny. I don't know. It's a little ironic mm. that these are, you know, four agreements that you should be working toward. Well, but don't beat yourself up if you can't do it. I don't yeah. know. It just kind of, it's, okay. I- <laughs> so how to be free of the agreements of domestication. So pretty much how to get over your old paradigms of living. Starting to progress toward being able to live a life with the four agreements. Um, one suggestion in the book is to you can attack the parasite facing fears one by one. Another one of those little imagery things. Attack the parasite. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I just see like a bunch of heads with one eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> you can stop feeding the parasite and stop fueling the parasite with negative emotions based out of fear. Or you can participate in something called the initiation of the dead. <laughs> which... Um, it just kind of, it, they didn't really get into it much, but it kind of sounded like something that would be accelerated with um, some sort of medicinal herb or something like that. Hmm. Uh, think, uh, what, what's this? Uh, DMT or ayahuasca taking some sort of spiritual journey based upon, or uh, LSD, huh. that this is a way to get past. But they didn't get into that. That's not something that came out of the book. Was but- that an assumption? No. no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it could have been an assumption, but um, some 
some scholarly articles are kind of looking into that and saying, oh, this is what it means. Yeah. Well, so I, they were making assumptions. Ultimately, in the book, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz said, forgiveness is the only way to heal. I'll agree with that. Yeah. And it, it's not, it's, it's self-forgiveness, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And also going, this goes back to agreement number two. Forgiveness for things that you may have done, said, experienced in the past, which I think probably at the time, maybe, personally, I was just doing my best at the time. Yeah. Now I'm enlightened. <laughs> no. Are you? Um, I, not not totally. Um, but... But yeah, forgiveness for for that and forgiving, being forgiving of others. Yeah, and the experiences you've lived through because they've brought you to where you are now. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a quote. Forgiveness is the only way to heal. When someone can touch what used to be a wound and it no longer hurts you, you know you have truly forgiven. I really mm, like that. Do you now? I do. I was... Um, I felt wounded from an, a discussion that I had two years back at work with one of my supervisors. And I run into this person quite frequently, and I always had a little bit of animosity, a little bit of... Um, Angst. Yeah, just when, when this person's name would come up in conversation, I'd just get a look on my face like, oh God. Come to find out. She was definitely having an experience in her paradigm that I was not aware of. Mm. And um, I think I've successfully forgiven her because when I see her now, I'm, I see her and I smile. And um, it's not your, your gut reactions, not ne- in negative space. Correct. And I actually have told myself on occasion, okay, thank you, monkey mind, for chiming in yeah. on you know, your thoughts about this, but I've already forgiven. Hmm. Okay. And it's a much better way to live. I feel I can breathe around her. I don't feel like um, like I'm ready to lash out at her at any moment if she walks the line and she steps over in some way. Yeah. It's like, you know what? We're all just people. We're all just bumping through this universe. You made a choice that was painful to me, but I, I forgive it. I think this is a realm that a lot of people struggle with. I don't necessarily I feel like I'm one of those that struggle with it Uh consistently with many relationships. I won't say, say say that I don't have relationships that could use a little bit more forgiveness, but I've had people in my life, especially I think dealing with business, but personal too, like how can you, how can you be around this person or how can you, you know, whatever, whatever. And it's because, I think it's because I'm able to forgive take myself out of the situation and what we talked about earlier about recognizing or, or thinking anyway, making, maybe making an assumption that <laughs> people, everybody has something going on in their lives. And so not taking things personally. I think I've done a good job of that in the bigger, the grander scheme of things in my <clears throat> business relationships. It's, it's a lot easier to do that mm-hmm. than it is personal. But um, I right. think it's I think it's definitely something we all need to scrutinize. Holding yeah. on to what are we holding on to when we when you walk into a 
room or you see a particular person and that gut reaction is <gasps> or oh or yeah a roll of the right. eyes or oh mm-hmm. or someone's invited to the same party as you and you're like mm, you think oh maybe I won't go yeah <laughs> why is that and what do you need to do to free yourself of that well, something that's helped me a lot is being grateful for all experiences, bad and good, because they've brought me where I am today. 100%. Yeah. So there's no forgiveness. I don't even need to forgive in some instances because I can replace it with gratitude, mm. which sounds really fluffy, but it's been one of the only things that has worked for me is to be, hey, so, you know, ex-boyfriend from, you know, 2009 or 10 or whatever hurt my feelings and you know it was a bad breakup or whatever I'm so grateful that I know myself better now because of the experience I had yeah and that's authentic that is I love it forgiveness it's love and self-awareness why are we here if not to learn from mistakes and grow well I read something earlier today about when a child when a baby is learning to walk and they fall down everybody claps (laughs) And they're like, good job. Get up and try again. Get up and try again. Why can't we do that with the the failures, quote unquote, that we have or the mistakes, quote unquote, that we have in our lives? Why aren't we praising those more? Like, good for you. We get to be adults and we take away our ability to fail. You learn something, you get up, you do it better next time Mm -hmm. or you do it differently. Yeah. I love you, G. Love you too, my friend. (sighs) Any recommendations? Who do you think might benefit from reading this book? You kind of have to be ready and open and willing to look at your own choices through a different kind of lens. Yeah, and I've heard this from a few different people. Sometimes people will read the book and they'll shelf it. It's not maybe speaking quite to them in that moment. Right. So you definitely have to be open to receiving it. I think it's still worth a read, mm-hmm. but I would say don't give it away. Shelf it. Come back to it. Hold on to it. Till Hold you on to it. it. Yes, because um, I don't know. I think everybody needs to read this book or listen to it mm-hmm. and take from it what they what they need to take from it in in mm-hmm. this particular point in their lives. And season. If you don't feel like reading the whole book and you don't feel like listening to the very short audio of the book. Um, there's a lot of resources out there where you can just look at the summary. And you just got through this whole recording, so this was a pretty good overview summary of the concepts. So just take the concepts. Just think about it. There's four agreements. Four agreements are? The four agreements are dun-dun-dun-dun. In order. Number one, be impeccable with your word. Number two, don't take anything personally. Number three, do not make, don't make assumptions. Boom. And number four, always Always do do your your best. Okay. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a comment regarding great personal development books. Be interdependent with your amazing romances and share with someone you know. Bye. Bye.